Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. What's up, guys? This is Ruben from Dub's podcast, Connection Loop. Uh, I have with me today Jason Duncan. So Jason is, is a Dub user, and I've, I'd love to explore kind of his use cases and what he's up to. But, but more importantly, I'd love to really get into the origin story of, of Jason here. So uh, Jason, talk to me, man. Well, thank you, Ruben. Glad to, uh, glad to be on this with you. So this company that I run is called Energy Lighting Services, and we're based in the Nashville, Tennessee area. We will be celebrating our 10th year in business. Wow, nice. And uh, yeah, thank you. And it's, it's, uh, it's hard to believe. And, um, I, this is my third career. So I spent <laughs> my first career. Okay. I was, a uh, I was in ministry. I actually, uh, did ministry for almost 13 years, started in my senior year in high school and for 13 years did ministry and sales kind of oh, vocationally. Okay. And, uh, and then I uh, went into teaching school, went back to school, got my master's in education, taught school for four years and would still be teaching school if the great recession hadn't happened. Ah, okay. Yeah. So the great recession hit the school budget really hard. And even though I had the highest test scores of any teacher in my subject in the County, I did not have tenure and I was the last guy hired in that building. So when they had to make cuts just to hit budgets, my contract didn't get renewed. So I had to, had to do something. And uh, so I thought, last in first out life. Yeah. First out. So I, um, you know, I made a decision, uh, like I, I'd, there's more details. I don't want to go into all of it, but I'd started the company kind of as a little mm. side hustle yeah. the year prior to that event. And then when this happened, I thought, okay, it's all in, I'm going to go all in. And I gave myself six months to, to kind of make some money to get something going. And I thought if I don't do it in six months, I'll, I'll, I'll go get another job somewhere else, real job, you know, a W2. And, um, man, I landed two, three days before my self-imposed deadline. I landed what turned out to be a multi-million dollar contract with a hospital. <laughs> wow. You know, it's that story. I mean, that's, that's, that's awesome. Um, that's, that's so cool. Yeah. Thank um, you. It's, it's been a wild ride. Yeah. Um, and that, you so, know, that's 10 years. so did you, were you considering during that six month journey, were you, cons- how many times did you consider giving up? Uh, well, let me tell you, I was interviewing with other companies all along the way. So like okay. I'm, I'm on the airplanes flying out to visit LED lighting manufacturers. I'm prospecting new client opportunities. And then I'm also interviewing (laughs) with other companies and I'm trying to hold everything at, at arm's length because I don't know which one's going to land first. And I remember there was one company that I was interviewing with, um, for actually it was a headhunting recruiting position. Mm. I was going to be a recruiter for them in, in sales. And uh, I kept kind of saying, hey, can we meet next week? And then he'd say, okay, we can meet this week. And that meeting would come up and I'd go, can I push this another week? And I kept pushing it because I knew they were about to offer me the job. Yeah. I didn't want to take it because I was working on this big deal and uh, that big deal happened. And that guy said, look, it doesn't sound like you're interested in this job. So you're, you're out. <laughs> so <laughs> he could, he could kind of, sen- they, they could sense that for some reason. That, that, that's funny how that works. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, your story reminds me of the story of um, John uh, Krasinski, the the actor from uh, from The Office that now has, of course, his own show on Amazon. 
And, you know, he decided to become an actor and he moved to New York and he was waiting tables and he was really struggling, getting zero gigs and uh, he was going to give up. And uh, I think his, his mom actually said, look, you got to you got to stick around. It was September. I think you got to stick around for the holidays. And, and he did. And then I think just within that short little time period of his mom motivating him to stick around, to knock him up, that's actually when he landed the gig at The Office, the TV show, of course. And now the rest is history. He's, he's a, almost an A-lister. But it's, it's that not giving up, right? <laughs> In that self-imposed deadline. And then sometimes even pushing that deadline even longer. <laughs> yep, that is true. You gotta, you've got to make sure that uh, you're committed. Yeah. And uh, I, I tell people this all the time in the life of an entrepreneur, there is an invisible horizontal line that the only person that can see it is the entrepreneur himself yeah. or herself. Right. And if you go below that line, you're out of business and yes. you're the only one that knows how close you are to that line at any right. given time. And so you just gotta, you're managing those expectations and managing reality and trying to get revenue and trying to pay bills and, and service your customers as best you can. Well, I think one of the, one of the biggest, um, conundrums which is either a good thing or a bad thing or both at the same time it's it's pushing you know it's it's flying without enough gas in the tank you know it's i mean you hear these stories like the ceo of fedex he couldn't make payroll he went to vegas wow that's reckless <laughs> he took the last couple of bucks he had and and of course i mean this as the story goes he made payroll you know but um how do you find that balance of when to not give up, when to keep pushing, when to seek help? Um, I mean, I think to your point, it's about putting in the time, putting in the effort, and then knowing, having that, that sense of self-accountability. Um, yeah, well, I, the way I tell people when they ask that question is, you know, when you have accomplished what you set out to accomplish, you're yes. free to end it at any time. Oh, that's yes. not quitting, that's mm -hmm. ending well. Uh, but if you haven't yet accomplished what you've set out to accomplish, anytime you end it before then, that's quitting. So, you know, for me, you know, I, I have not yet accomplished what I set out to accomplish. Part, most of it has been, you know, I'm paying my bills, I'm out of debt, you know, my family's taken care of, I'm getting to do things financially that I've never have been able to do before. I've got great employees, I'm building a great team, company's doing doing well. So those things are great, but there's a few other things that I want to accomplish, so I can't call it off until those happen. But when they do, anytime I'm ready to hang up the hang it up, man, that's not quitting. I'm going out. This is what I attempted to do and I did it. And so I did it. But what do you want me to do? <laughs> well, you know, you know what's really interesting from my perspective on hearing your story is that your your origin is in ministry and in sales. Yeah. And really, really what is that? It's 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 a it's a guide it's someone that seeks to assist other people and has some sort of a system or a framework an idea or a philosophy or a religion doesn't matter what it is um and ultimately it's about providing value and providing help that's beneficial that's long term isn't that what sales is in this day and age it's about helping people <laughs> it's about giving frameworks and structure so that they can help themselves ultimately Right. And, and have that faith and have that belief and, and hope really. And, uh, you know, I think as, as an entrepreneur to hear your story, um, you know, I presume that you started with a sales mentality. You know, you said, look, I got six months. I need to start driving revenue. I need to close deals. I need to get value out there and then receive compensation. And, you know, it might seem like second nature to you, but there's a lot of people that don't have that philosophy that don't understand that it's all about the sales. It's yeah. all about the relationships. It's all about 
that continual viral loop that we get of referrals and happy customers and so on and so forth. So I, kudos to you, man. Well, thank you. Thank you. Congrats, yeah, everything, congrats everything, on the 10 is, years. Everything is sales, man. There is nothing, nothing in your, in this screen that people can see, nothing in the screen that I, that people can see for me happened without somebody selling something to someone. <laughs> right. Everything is sales. So what sold you on dub? I got to ask. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, uh, and, and I don't want to mention your, your competitors names, but, uh, I, I, I listened to a sales training podcast and uh, they have a sponsor hat. I don't think they'd use them anymore, but they had a sponsor that was about video emails. Okay. It was the first time I'd ever heard of them. And I, okay. I heard of the concept. I thought, well, that's going to be cool. And so, uh, so I looked it up and uh, I looked at theirs and I did, I did searching for alternatives, which is okay. what I think a lot of us do. Yeah. Somehow found, found you guys. And uh, I, think the, I think the usability was good. The price was right. Um, every, everything just seemed to work mm. and we did it and holy crap, man, it's just been, you know, I, I, it has been fantastic. Dub is one of the top tools for my company and our, our business development, prospecting, lead nurturing, deal nurturing. It, it, I do, I do dub videos for almost everything and mm. people love it. Now, one day it's going to suck because everybody's going to be doing it. it won't be novel anymore. Yeah. But until then I'm going to be riding that novelty wave and it's going to make me stand out in the crowd. Well, you know, it's, uh, first of all, thank you for saying that. I really appreciate that. Um, what you just described is, is a lot of our work, a lot of what we have put ourselves out to do, which is to provide a product that is reasonably priced that has all the features that can empower people to create original content so that people can find us. Um, we want to stay efficient with our efforts. We don't overspend on advertising to the point, point where we need to inflate our pricing, you know, cause that's what happens a lot of the times is that if companies are spending a lot of money to acquire customers, then they need to inflate the prices to offset that customer acquisition cost. So we try to bake in this whole idea of product first content second, and then customer service throughout the entire, entire experience. Um, and I think that you've received that. So it, it make me, makes me feel so good um, that, you, that you went through experience. And then now, of course, that you're, you're seeing success with it. Um, one of the things that I'd like to make very clear is that Dub was created by people like yourself. The platform now has, I think, 10,000 businesses that are using it. And the feedback that we get is so, so important, Jason. So I want to I wanna keep my lines open. Um, email me, call me, whatever, LinkedIn, I'm available. If you have ideas, if you have questions, if you need support, if there's any kind of integrations that you want to use, um, please let me know. And we're, we're here for you. Well, I, uh, I want to add value because you guys have been valuable to us. I know we're, we're paying for that value. I understand that. So there is a fair exchange happening here, but I do want to bring value and an abundant way back to you so that you can make the platform better. I just got the email or some notification on my phone last night about the, your referral program. Yes. And I went in to sign up. I went in to sign up with my phone, but I thought, nah, I, sometimes it was a little clunky trying to fill out those forms on the phone. So I decided I'll wait until I get to the office. So I'm planning on doing that because I think that I could push a lot of people to dub because I believe in it so much. I talk about it with my sales team at least every other week and I do a hour and a half training with my sales team every Monday and you know, dub is mentioned frequently uh, about it, using it as a tool. My VP of revenue operations called me 
yesterday and he said, Hey, guess, guess who finally responded and said, uh, me. and I yeah. said, well, tell me. And he told me and he, a dub, yeah. a dub video was part of the part of it. And he, he, I said, well, there you go. Dub dub is a way to get people to respond. It doesn't work for everybody, but it, it really does well. The yeah. one integration, if we're at a point where I can make, make a recommendation. Oh, or oh we are. <laughs> is I would love for Google photos to be linked to dub so that the videos I record on my phone oh. can go into dub and just go upload from Google photos ah. and bring that over. And I've got a phone call coming in. My, my computer is ringing. So my apologies for that background noise. No, you're good. So, so, uh, but anyway, like I, I record okay. most of my videos on my phone. Okay. And then, so like if I'm out somewhere, I can just shoot a real quick video and I like using the native camera app because I could do things with it that the dub yeah. port app won't do. And I don't really anticipate you ever needing it to do that. But then what I end up having to do is I take that video, then I put it in Google photos, which it automatically does. And then I have to download it to my computer and then upload it to dub. So it's an extra step. So if Google photo integration ever is on the horizon, I would be a huge fan. So we, we're, um, we're a Google partner. We have an integration with Gmail. We have an integration, which is in a, a beta program with YouTube. Um, I don't know if there's uh, an API for Google photos. I will research that. I'll put it on my list. Um, I will say this, that the dub mobile app. Now this is not exactly what you asked for, but the dub mobile app, there's, there's a little video icon and there's a little plus icon within the dub mobile app. If you click on the plus icon, that's going to allow you to select a video directly from your phone. And there's no editing. It's not going to process it. There's no kind of resizing. It's, it's, it's a two click or one click situation where you just upload the video and then you can just save it. It'll even give it a temporary title. And then that then within really seconds, assuming you have good Wi-Fi, which I know you do, um, will appear on desktop and your extensions and so on and so forth. So I don't know if you've tried that through the mobile app yet. Well, I'm gonna I'm doing it right now. So yeah, so now okay, cool. I've got that video and I just hit. I'm just gonna choose a 47 second video. Yeah, I just click on it and yeah. and make sure you click on the plus icon, not on the video yeah. icon. Yeah, the video so icon. At, yeah. Well, it's at one percent right now, so we can kind of kind of see on there to two uh, percent. Yeah. Yes. Two percent. So we'll just see how long that takes to do it. But but yeah, I did. I didn't know you could do that, or if I did, I'd forgotten about it. Okay. Cool. So that that's a, that's a quick solution. But that's a that's some great feedback. Um, so let's talk about your business a little bit. I mean, what every business is out there to solve a problem, right? And what what is the kind of overarching large problem that you guys are solving? Okay. So every single business on the, uh, well, in the Western world, I wouldn't say on the face of the planet. I, I imagine there are businesses and huts somewhere in Africa or India that don't have lighting, <laughs> but every, everybody's got lighting. And the thing about lighting is this, you go into your office, you go into your building and you flip the switch. And if the lights come on, that's the last time you thought about the lights, you leave, you turn them off. You don't think about lights, but the reality is, is that lighting is stealing a lot of money from you and you don't even know it. You're, if you don't have LED lighting in your building, if you're not using smart controls, what you're doing is you're spending as much as 25 to 30% higher on your electric bill than what it needs to be. Now, if you think about that in terms of overall money, let's say you're spending $10,000 a month in electricity, which a lot of our customers are doing because we work in large commercial, commercial spaces. You know, that 25 to 30%, that's $3,000, right? So they're spending, and actually, I didn't 
planned this, but this is actually sitting here on my desk. So I'll use this as an example since we're on video. So like, for instance, if you're writing this $10,000 check every month to the electric company, mm -hmm. right? And that's budgeted, like you're, you're doing that every month anyway. Well, if you put in LED lighting, your, your, your check to the electric company could only be seven, right? It could go down by that much. So that $3,000, part of that, you got to pay us. Like you got to pay for what we do. So, so you'll write us a check for say $2,000, right? Mm -hmm. So there you're writing $2,000 check, which means you're left with a cash check of a thousand bucks that you budgeted to send to the electric company. But right. now you keep this money, this money is yours. Now over five years, which is a typical contract for us, that means you're putting 60 grand back into your pocket that was stolen by the lights that you had before. Uh, that 60 grand was being stolen. You didn't realize it. Now the better part of this- To fluorescent or to incandescent or-, or Yeah, whatnot. and the better part of this, this is the last one, is that at the end of 10 years, because that's the useful life of an LED lighting system, this is the amount of money you will put back into your operating budget because you went to LED. Almost nice. a quarter <laughs> of a million dollars. So the problem we're solving is we're giving all this money back so that you can spend it on things that are more important than the electric bill. Wow. That's, I mean, you're, you're preaching to the choir on this. I'm such a believer in this. Um, I, I want to show off just for one second because I, I'm such a believer in, in LED lighting, number one, but number two is, is automation <laughs> um, to, to manage the amount of energy that's being used. So, so ready for it? Yep. Alexa, turn the studio off. <laughs> nice the whole nice. studios I, I don't ever mess around and leave my lights on they're always on only when i'm using them and when i leave i always you know tell it to, to shut them off there's also a switch that i can use but this has been um a total total kind of quote unquote money saver you know in in my home i have replaced every single bulb i went ballistic on this i replaced every single bulb with led lights and i got to tell you some of those bulbs I mean, it is such a pain in the butt to go match and to find the bulbs and it doesn't work and it's the European socket on the chandelier and then you need the little, um, the little converter and you realize that the wattage is wrong and it's so much of a science, man. So I, I get it. And from a cost saving perspective, um, it's a, it's a no brainer, you know? Yeah. Well, that's uh, my house is set up the same way. I can tell Google to turn turn the lights on and off and, and uh, we've got them on timers and, you know, it, it, and, and you don't have to replace them. They just, they just last. I mean, from time to time you run into a bad batch and you have to replace one, but LED lighting can save as much as 90% over and above the fluorescent or incandescent or high pressure sodium or metal halide lights that you're using now. So what we do is we consult with big companies and say, look, in this half a million square foot building, you're overspending by 90 to hundred thousand dollars a year. What would you do if I gave you hundred grand cash back? Like what would you do with that money? Well, they, they would add, add product lines. They would beef out some of their infrastructure. They'd hire a new employee, lots of things they would do. So we firmly believe that they've got more important things to spend their money on than the electric bill. And we show them a way to get that money back by using led lighting and lighting controls. So I remember when, when these bulbs here and I'm holding a, a red led bulb, I remember when these bulbs, you would go to Amazon, this was a long time ago, and each bulb would be like six bucks. And now you can get these things for two bucks, three bucks? Yeah, it depends on what, where you get them, but yeah, they're fairly inexpensive. Now, I, I wanna know what has, 
what has changed with the tech? I mean, obviously it's a volume play and people have realized that they save so much money, but what truly has evolved from a technological perspective with LED bulbs, lighting, tech and whatnot? Well, I think the, uh, the availability of the materials that are needed to do LED lighting, um, you know, they got an economy of scale yes. now that they're, the availability of those materials, plus they're able to, uh, the, the industry is to a place now where they're not making it, hoping people will buy it. They're making them knowing that people will buy it. And yes. of course that's a supply and demand thing that you, you can, you can make more and you're going to make the same volume, you know, same amount of money on the volume that you were on onesie twosies. The first huge project I sold, um, we sold since you showed a light bulb, I'll show it. Please. So the first project that we sold a big project, we, we replaced led, uh, we replaced their fluorescent tube lights with something like this. Ooh, so I've never, I've never seen a fluorescent light that's made with, or I should say, a fluorescent socket style. Yeah, it's made with LED. I've never seen that. So it's the same, it's the same bipen ah. fluorescent would have, but this is all aluminum polycarbonate. So when we, when I did my first huge project with this, it was like seventeen thousand bulbs. These dudes right here cost $45 a piece. Wow. So today they're in the 10 to $15 range. Now you can get really, really cheap ones uh, for four and $5. I don't, I don't recommend them for commercial application because they're simply not going to last. Yes. They, the uh, drivers and the, and the chips are not built for 24 hour or 12 hour a day use. They're, they're mainly for, you know, put it in your garage or your closet at home or something like that. But, but if you want a high quality bulb, uh, an LED bulb, that's, this is what we do. So the technology is changing fast. Now the other part of it that's changing is the amount of light that can come out per the amount of watt pushed power pushed through it. Okay. So, uh, back in the, back in the day, you know, your lumens per watt, like how much light are you getting out per watt was really low 50, 60 lumens per watt. Today we're over 200 lumens per watt, which means it takes less watt to get the same amount of light. Interestingly enough, you know, our, our light bulbs for, you know, a hundred years were all measured by watts. Mm. And if you wanted more light, you just got a higher watt. Right. Well, that's not the case of the LED lighting. Now it's lumens. So you, when you're shopping for, I need a certain amount of light, you look for the lumens. How many lumens is it? 960 lumens. Is it 1300 lumens? 23,000 lumens. What is the lumen you're trying to get? The wattage, doesn't matter it's not a direct correlation anymore that makes sense that's why when you go to amazon and you're looking for led bulbs it says you know 65 watt equivalent or something like that exactly like some some general sort of thing so uh, you know when i when i think about technology i think about how it kind of moves in 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 waves like there's this idea of the, the innovators dilemma which is that new technology is not really adopted by large entities large companies they sort of wait until the early, early adopters adopt it and they get all the kinks out and the bugs out. And then finally it starts to get used and adopted. You know, LED lights is, is very much so within that because now it's become ubiquitous. It's, it's, it's a no brainer. When I touch a light bulb, an old light bulb, an incandescent light bulb, like when I've been replacing all these ones in the house, I can't even believe that they were still in this, in the, in the house that I live in. The bulbs are so hot to the point where they will burn your fingers. And I think to myself, <laughs> use a sock. And, and I, I literally went to Home Depot and got nice gloves, like construction gloves, because I didn't want to burn. And, my, and I was having my kid help me. And he, I think he got, 
he, I don't think he got burned, but he got you know startled a little bit. But what I realized at that moment was that for over a hundred years, for 120 plus years, we have been using such an inefficient technology where so much of the energy that gets expended is converted into this useless energy that just produces heat and heats up your home in, in the summertime where you need to now turn your AC on. And it's like the most ridiculous thing. And it's, and it's like, why did it take so long? You know? Yeah. Well, the tech, I, I'm glad to hear you talk like that because we, we actually educate people on that fact. The physics behind uh, the energy consumption and legacy lighting like incandescence and fluorescence, 90% of the electricity pushed through those old lights is turned into heat. <laughs> only 10% is turned into light. It's, so it's, it's only 10% efficient. Oh my God. On an LED, you know, the, this, like this thing I showed or the thing you were holding there, 90% of the electricity pushed through that is turned into light and only 10% is turned into heat so they're but i mean they're not even hot like this is an led bulb right above me and i'm gonna put my hand right on it it is it's i mean it is a little bit warm it is a little bit but it, it seems like less than 10 percent. it seems like two percent yeah it's it, it, <laughs> it and it's getting better with every yeah. passing iteration of the right. technology the the higher the lumens per watt the less the watt so the heat load goes down and you know not to get extremely nerdy technical but on these these little yellow oh we, we already passed that point <laughs> <laughs> but these little yellow diodes that it's a, it's it's phosphor on a silicon chip okay and there's there's a way that you can push power through that and you can you know let's say it can take uh, a, a power measure of let's just say 100 just to just use round numbers well if you can underdrive that say you only push 50 through when it will accept 100 right you're underdriving it, which means it lasts longer and the heat is lower. Now, of course, you have to put more diodes to get the same amount of light out, but that's the way the technology is coming to where we, they've learned you underdrive the LEDs so that they last longer mm. and then you don't have to replace them. You just have to put more diodes on there. So we're, we're seeing light. I, I've done projects now that large commercial projects, not onesie twosies that are, are well over seven, eight years old and they are still burning, lights still going, still less than a 2% failure rate. That's the beauty of LED lighting. Uh, you know, I was thinking about something where um, a lot of people don't, a lot of people feel like they don't want to make the short-term investment because it, it pinches a little bit to write a big check to go invest into new technology. You know, they'd rather keep the old AC because yes, it costs $500 a month, keep the house cool but to buy a new system is seven grand or ten grand or something so you know a lot of people have a really difficult time you know amortizing the, the cost of an investment and they get stuck on that 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 big number right yeah. now of course this is why financing exists and there's obviously all sorts of financial vehicles to assist us with stuff like that but a lot of people have that old school mentality um, what is your take on that how do you guide people on that on that fact. Well, so you're, you're a SaaS company, right? I mean, you yeah. software as a service, you're not selling a, a product that they buy on a floppy disk or a CD or a DVD. Yeah. You, you know, you're selling on the software as a service. Well, lighting can be sold the same way. Really? What we can do is we can come in and we can do lighting as a service or energy savings as a service. It's a, it's a SaaS ish model, right? So what we do is we provide light, not lights. 
Mm. And there's a difference. So what we can do is we come in and say, okay, your project is going to require this much, you know, capital investment on our part. We're going to come in and do it. You're just going to send us going back to my little checks that I was showing a moment ago. Let's say you're, you're going to send us a $2,000 check a month, you know, every month. But as a result, your, your electric bill is going to go down by three grand. So nice. you're cash flow positive. So what we do is we, we try to work with companies to arrange this lighting as a service model so that there is no upfront capital outlay. There is no new budgeted dollars that are required. It's an operating expense, which should be classified as an off balance sheet treatment. So there's no liability on your balance sheet. Now that of course, count, accounting rules apply differently to different companies, but, but that's the concept. So you shouldn't have to spend a single dollar out of pocket to do LED lighting. It should cash flow itself and it should not require an upfront investment. Okay. So you, you've got a great, you've got a great pitch. I mean, why would someone say no to this? Status quo is our biggest competitor, right? I mean, so like I said, if you go in and you turn your lights on and they work, you don't think about it. Um, so but I mean, talk, everyone feels the pinch on that. Yeah, well, they, they do, but not in the same way. Right. So, um, you know, I can go in and I can explain to a CEO or a CFO, yeah, you're wasting $80,000 a year because you're lighting. Well, to, to them, it's like, Hey, I'm comfortable paying the 80. Like I'm already paying it. Like it's a sunk cost. It's not bothering me. And in the back of their mind, they may be thinking, well, I'm not even really sure if I'm going to save the 80. So there's a lot of moving parts in this that makes people say no. But I tell you, the very first time we did a huge pitch, that was the question that the prospect asked me. He said, why wouldn't I do this? And I said, I don't know. Why wouldn't you? So, I mean. Well, you know, you know what it's like. Sorry to interrupt. You know what it's like? It's like when you get your utility, utility bill at your house and it's like five, 500 bucks for electricity. And then you go to the Tesla solar, solar uh, panel website and then you see that it's 60 bucks or 200 bucks and it, you can generate 7,000 kilowatts per month. And then you just spent all those hundreds of dollars for five. You're like, wait a minute. It's, it's an instant saving. If I go get solar, like, why wouldn't I do this? But it's that early adopter. It's the, I love what you just said. Status quo is your biggest competitor. Yep. That's right. Same thing for Dove. I mean, you know, if you're trying to sell into sales organizations, you're trying to tell them, Hey, you can get more eyes on you and get more prospects, et cetera. And they're thinking, well, you know, it, it's not, it's not broke. It's working right now, but you, you just can't get across to them. Look for the money you're going to spend on Dove. You, you might close an extra deal a month or an extra deal a quarter, an extra deal a year, whatever the metrics may be. And they're just status quo is always going to be our biggest competitor. Right. Exactly. Well, one of the things that we want to start doing is, um, charging on a commission basis for sales that we drive. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I kid. <laughs> so I see a guitar and I got to ask about it. I'm a drummer and uh, a guitarist a little bit too. So uh, do, do you play? Is I do. I do. That This is just pr uh, primarily for looks, uh, decorations in my office. Yeah. It's like a $100 uh, garage sale special, but I needed something to display in the office to let people know that I play. But I, uh, I do play. I've been playing uh, acoustic guitar for about 14 or 15 years and um, love it. It's one of, my, one, of, one of the things that I really, really, really enjoy in life is playing guitar. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm going through this, um, this uh, belting process with JKD Jeet Kune Do. This is the Bruce Lee Martial Arts and it's this holistic, holistic program where it's mind, body, fitness, and there's all sorts of exercises that you have to do. And it's not just about the, the martial arts. 
And one of the things that they talk about is this, this importance and this necessity to have a creative outlet. Uh, because in addition to working out, in addition to faith, in addition to family time, in addition to, you know, work, making money, all these responsibilities that we have, you know, that creativity is such an important facet because it really opens up um, the neural pathways. It allows us to think creatively, to think differently, to, to breathe, to meditate, you know. So, um, you know, it's, it's great that you incorpor incorporate that into your corporate life. Um, but also your, your personal life, you know, yeah, we, we've got, of course, being in Nashville, we've got, uh, we've got a few musicians and songwriters that work yes, here. You do. And, uh, so one of the things that we keep talking about doing, but we have not done it yet is we, um, well, once a month, we, we, uh, we shut our office down for a day. We have a couple hours to do a team meeting and then we, uh, have lunch together. It's either catered in or we do potluck and then we do some sort of team building exercise and everybody goes home at one o'clock and it's just, we call that family meal. We do that. It's actually, we're having it tomorrow, but we do that once a month, every month. And we keep saying one of these days for our activity is going to be to have all the musicians bring in their music, you know, musical instruments and, and songs and kind of do a thing. We haven't done it yet. I think everybody's got a little cold feet of about yeah. performing in front of their coworkers, but uh, one day we will do that. Well, you know, you know what, I'll throw this at you. I have made so many dub videos on music <laughs> Cause I've got instruments all around me. I've got, I've got a ukulele right behind me, which I'll show you in a minute. But, um, I, I record a lot of music and I send it to friends, uh, using dub. And I, oh, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a fun little thing, but it, the, the, I think the larger message within, within business is that, um, when you can't be there in real life, you know, you can send a asynchronous video, you can send a greeting video, you can send a training video, you can send a screen video, you can send a music video, you can send anything that you want just to get something across the pipes and to just really share that message so that the person on the other end can consume it, enjoy it, appreciate it on their own terms, on their own yeah. device, whenever they want to, you know? So a lot of folks use, use dub for, um, motivation, internal, like, you know, just a, greeting stuff, happy birthday videos. So I'm always interested to, uh, to hear about different use cases, but at some point um, you got to send me a guitar video. <laughs> well, uh, if, if anybody wants to follow me on, uh, on Instagram or TikTok, I actually have a couple of videos out there oh, where nice. I'm, I'm playing with my, and singing with my wife. She's, she's the superstar. She's the one that's has the amazing voice and harmonizes with me and makes me actually sound pretty good. Oh, that's, that's awesome. So you mentioned, uh, you mentioned TikTok and, uh, TikTok's crazy, man. It's, it's, it's taken over. I mean, it's the new big social network and a lot of people, especially people in our age with facial hair, they, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they say, what, what the, that's for like 13 year olds, you know, but I always try to, when I think about technology, I think of what is the tech going to be like in five years? And I wish, I did this from an investment perspective because I, my first Apple was an Apple two GS. You know, I was, I had a Dell computer in 1994, like I'm a crazy early adopter, but you know, buying the stock, that's where the really smart people um, do and go. But uh, what attracted you to TikTok? What is your take on it? Um, you know, is it just for 13 year old kids? Well, TikTok's algorithm is pretty phenomenal, and yeah. I'll explain what my experience with it. So I joined okay. TikTok back in, I guess it was late summer last year, just because I had I'd heard about it and seen it, but I didn't know what it was. 
And uh, so I downloaded it on my tablet and, and, and every night when I go to bed, I, I usually watch YouTube. Now it's TikTok, but one, you know, watch some videos, a kind of a way to wind down, just I'm Bose headphones on so I don't bother my wife. And, and I got kind of get drowsy and then put it down and go to sleep. Well, so I downloaded TikTok and I started watching it, man. And I, I was finding myself, it'd be two hours. I'd look up and holy crap, I've watched 15 <laughs> videos for two hours. It's just like this wormhole you get sucked into. But at, and at first, all the videos were absolutely asinine, stupid ki you know, kids, young kids, maybe teenagers or, 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 or middle schoolers or college kids doing stupid stuff. Every once in a while, though, there would be a really good, like funny quality video. And then I, I actually, I, I was two or three months into the process of me downloading and watching it, I saw somebody do a like legit business related video. Really? And I thought, Whoa, huh. this is cool. And then Gary V started yeah. showing up on there. I'm like, okay, like, so this is not going to be just for, for teenagers and college students. So I, so I signed up, uh, as TikTok sales pro. So oh, I'm a nice. TikTok sales pro. So, and I, and I posted just some, like, I'm doing some stupid stuff too. Like, you know, you pick out what the, 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 the big song is at the moment and you do yeah. a stupid video with it. Oh, right. But then I was, then I started doing these one minute just sales tip videos, et cetera, or something. Um, and I tried, you know, I had actually had one video that had 68,000 or I think 68,000 views. And it was just me laughing at my daughter who had just found out I had a TikTok account. <laughs> <laughs> So well, that, I, I mean, <laughs> like I was, now I was I'm laughing. <laughs> uh, yeah. I said, Hey, so I got on the video. I was in and, my and garage. How old's your daughter? She's 17. I was about to get in the car to go to an event and uh, she had just joined TikTok. Okay. Like, I was for her and, and she had just found out I had one. So I got out of my car. I was about to pull out of the driveway or out of the garage. And I got on, got on a video on the phone and I was on TikTok and I, I was recording and I said, my daughter just found out I have a TikTok account and I turned my phone around and she was standing there at the door of the garage and she slammed the door and went inside and I just turned around and started laughing. <laughs> Maybe eight second video and it had like 60 something thousand video. You know, people watched it and my followership went from like three to 2000, like just, um, and I, I, so, so, so here's where I am today on TikTok. Like the algorithm is so good. It knows that I don't want to watch stupid kids as much as I want to watch the people telling you how to invest in real estate, how to do business and entrepreneurs. So it's, it's actually, the algorithm is only showing me about, about every 10 videos I watch, maybe one or two are dumb. The rest of them are business related, entrepreneur related, et cetera. So they know what I'm wanting to watch and how long I watch each video. So it's pretty, pretty good. But for me, I am really, 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 really committed to video content. And I do two or three videos a week on YouTube and LinkedIn and Instagram TV. And then, of course, it pushes out to Twitter and Facebook as well. But, but for TikTok, because it's only 60 seconds, I'm having a hard time figuring out how do I figure, how do I take this content that's five or six minutes long? Do I have to shoot a whole new video for TikTok? So for me, I'm having a hard time figuring out how to work it. So I'm, I'm in, but I'm not a hundred percent in. I would probably have 60 or 70,000 followers right now if I had last year really been all in. But I, for me, I feel like I, my audience is on LinkedIn more than they're on TikTok. So I'm spending more time on LinkedIn. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think what you're talking about is, um, you know, we, th we think about this a lot, you know, in terms of having large volumes of, of valuable content, but in a very 
cogent, pithy, very concise fashion, you know, so that people in their busy schedules with all the noise that's out there, they can actually consume a piece of content and then get some value out of it, right? And watch it in its entirety. So the, the method that we employ, you know, we call it the waterfall method. There's a lot of content that we have on this. We, have a, we actually have a whole YouTube video on the waterfall method. People should search for that. But it's this idea of taking something that's longer form and then cutting it into something shorter form. So a three minute video can easily be cut into a 60 second video. It's just about removing all the space, all the ums, all the ands, all the delays, and it's like punches, you know? And, uh, and I think the other thing that we're tr really trying to innovate on is this idea of real-time editing. And what that means is that you don't need to record a video and then send it to an editor or throw it into iMovie or Premiere or, or whatever and actually spend the time to, to cut it. It's actually editing while you're recording it. And what that means essentially is clicking record, recording a clip, letting go of the trigger, and then moving on to the next one. So if you have five or six thoughts, you know, each one of those thoughts can be a 10 second clip that gets created into a larger 60 second video. So this is our vision, you know, real time video editing. And this is what the Dub mobile app does. And um, it, it's a different mindset. It's a different philosophy because people are just used to clicking a button and then speaking and then, and then they're, they're kind of done. It's, it's basically, you don't, you don't build multiple clips. You just have a clip. Um, so it's a little bit of a choreography. It's a little bit of pre-planning, knowing what your bullets are. Um, but I encourage you to, to try it. And you know what? On the Dub Mobile app, you can download the video and then put it in a 9 by 16 format and then throw that into TikTok. That, that, I don't think that's been done before. I don't think anyone's recorded a 916 video in the Dub Mobile app, downloaded it, and then uploaded it to TikTok. You would be the first. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tried the I tried it in the beginning of January, and if you go, if anybody goes and looks at my TikTok channel, you'll see that I tried doing a garage motivation video Monday through Friday, like as I'm walking out to the garage every morning, just do a 15 to 60 second something. But golly, man, just making myself do that every day, I just I gave up about five or six days into. It. I'm like, man, I, I just don't have the I don't have the energy to do it because the videos that I'm producing are much longer format, yes. much more deeper content. And so I'm, I guess what I'm struggling with is figuring out what content will my audience uh, on LinkedIn or on TikTok want. And I have not, I, I haven't figured it out yet. I'm, it, it's really interesting because occasionally I'll get onto a TikTok live video, which they, they do really well. And uh, I'll, I'll ask, I'll ask the person, you know, message them and say, how long have you been on TikTok? And they'll say, three months or whatever, how many followers do you have? 75,000. Like how in the world does that happen? I don't like, I don't know. And then I go look at their channel. Some people might have only seven or eight videos. I don't know how you got to 75,000 video followers like that. Others may have dozens and dozens. So I think a lot of it is learning to game the system, like understanding that algorithm. And I don't have the time or patience to try to figure that out. But do you have a six pack? <laughs> <laughs> and that's another rough. That's another problem. Thank you for pointing that out. Because <laughs> I know I don't. <laughs> um, well, actually, there was there was another note that I had in here, which is that you know, recording a lot of people record content on a daily basis, and um, and it's a flow. It's part of their whole lifestyle. 
a lot of people record a lot of content in just a couple of days for the entire month. You know, if you float around your house and your office and your you know, Starbucks and your car and whatnot, and maybe a wardrobe changer three within that, different angles, different lighting, sun's up, sun's out, you know, there's, you can record a hundred videos in a day, right? If you have a little bit of a content calendar, just a, a bulleted list of topics that you can kind of cover, different formats, different styles, you know, bloopers are cool having fun. Um, we've seen a lot of success in, in actually um, just amassing content within short amounts of time, not actually going through what you mentioned, which is, okay, I'm going to schedule that 10 minutes every single day because life happens, we get busy. Um, we've seen success with that. We've seen yeah. success with that. It's, it's, you take a day out every month and you say today's content day and you get, you get someone to help you. And, and then of course you have to outsource the distribution of it. That's the next step. Yeah, I'm finding, and you're going back to your point about live editing. Um, I understand that there's a place for that. And I love the concept, but I, I know that a lot of what I'm doing, I, I'm wanting a much higher level of content as far as the way it looks when it's published, when it finally goes, goes out to the public. So for me, recording the content, man, I could pro like, I've got a content calendar that went back. I started in June last year and I've got it pushed out through probably April this year, what I do every single week. So if anybody calls says, Jason, did you do a video on prospecting tips? I can go and look, said, yeah, I did one on May, you know, whatever, or whatever. I could tell them where to go find that and look it up by date. So I'm pretty good about scheduling that and knowing what my content's going to be. But for me, it's the editing part. Like I try to record two to three videos a week and then they're scheduled to go out at some point in the future, but then I've got to go and edit them. And you know, I've got, I've got employee, I've got an employee who can edit them, but there's other things that she should be doing more than just editing some of my, you know, personally branded content that's going to go out. So I'm doing that now I use an app and I don't, I don't obviously I'm not an affiliate or getting paid for this, but it's called InShot, I-N-S-H-O-T that works on my, uh, my Google pixel really, really well. And it's, it's really simple, but it still takes time. I mean, I could be on a six or seven minute video. I could easily put 20 to 30 minutes of editing time on my phone, just kind of going through. Oh, sure. easily, easily. Yeah. The yeah. graphics are overlaid correctly at the right spot, picking the music out, making sure the intro and exit exits. Right. But, um, so to me, that's, that's the next big thing. If somebody can figure out editing software, that's not easier to use because that one's easy to use, but, if you could, if there's some way to automate it easier, there's probably a lot of money to be made in that. There, artificial video editing is, it's the future. I totally believe in that. You know, it, a lot of what we do is, you know, when you pull selects and you kind of cut things out, uh, a lot of it is, is slightly rote and somewhat digital. Uh, it, it's unfortunate that that tech doesn't, I, at least I have not seen a lot of impressive tech. There's an app that a lot of people use called uh, vlog easy. And I think what that does is that it, it auto trims. I, I maybe don't know how to use it, but I'll give that another try. But that apparently cuts out some, some kind of dead spots. Um, but sometimes you want those dead spots. It's, it's, you know, contemplation, it's thinking. And then sometimes, of course, you want to have your bloopers. If you mess up, those are kind of funny. So th those are what people love. I mean, in our YouTube videos, it's the bloopers that get us the most compliments, you know, and the comments. And uh, so if you want to, if you cut those out, it's sometimes a lost off. Of course, you have to stay on brand. <laughs> right. Um, you know, but the, the other thing is, is you just you have an, you know, an overseas outsourced, um, you know, full time video editor, there's actually services where you spend 500 or 1000 bucks a month, 
And it's, believe it or not, it's all you can eat editing, <laughs> all you can get. If you, wow. as many videos as you can provide, I, I don't know if there's an asterisk, I don't know if there's a disclaimer here, but they will quote unquote deliver those to you. So I, I have not tried this myself, but it's worth a Google search of, you know, unlimited um, editing subscription or Fiverr. You know, you go to Fiverr, 10 yeah. bucks, 20 bucks, someone will edit your video. It's key to have a, a team member though, someone that it becomes part of your flow. Yeah, that, that's what we found. And it sounds like, um, it sounds like you're, you're now getting into it, which is, which, is, which is cool. Where can people find you on social? I want YouTube. I want TikTok. I want well, TikTok you mentioned, but just give me all the handles one more time, please. All right. So uh, LinkedIn is the number one platform I spend the most time on curating content for. And uh, you can look me on my LinkedIn just by the real Jason Duncan, the real Jason Duncan. And that's J-A-S-O-N. D-U-N-C-A-N. Okay. I'm on Instagram at the same handle, the real Jason Duncan. Uh, I, I do a lot of content on Instagram as well. To a lesser degree, I, I have a Facebook uh, business page called RTI Coach. That stands for Results Through Integrity, RTI Coach. And then on, uh, uh, on Twitter, I'm at real Jason Duncan because evidently the word the put me over the character limit. So I know I'm not getting... I'm not getting the same handle on all platforms, but uh, it's it's real Jason Duncan on Twitter. And then on my YouTube channel, you can just search for results for integrity as a hashtag or Got Friday it. sales tip as a hashtag. And I do all my videos, I hashtag all my videos with those two hashtags, results through integrity or Friday sales tip. And uh, I put out at least one video each hashtag every single week. And I'm also doing a 52 week video series on the seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey. Nice. I'm getting a lot of good content uh, or not, not content, but a lot of good uh, comments on that. And that goes out. I try to do that every Monday. So uh, I would love for people to subscribe to my YouTube channel, follow me on LinkedIn or Instagram. And then as I mentioned, TikTok sales pro on TikTok. Nice. And then what's your website address for your business? All right, for the business, it's energylightingservices.com, energylightingservices.com. We have our main office, our headquarters here in Nashville, Tennessee. We have an office in Memphis, Tennessee, an office in Greenville, South Carolina, and an office in Sacramento, California. Okay, I got, I got, a, I got a lead for you. I got, a, I got someone you need to speak to. It's, uh, it's a company out, out in uh, Silicon Valley. Excellent. I'll make, I'll make an intro. I'd love that. Thank you. Those bulbs are hot as hell when I go to that place. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my man. Listen, I, I really appreciate your time, bro. This was really, really fun and, and educational, man. Um, thank you for being a dub subscriber and the lines are open. We're here. Well, thank you. I appreciate your software. I love what you're doing. Um, you know, I wish I'd have came up with it and thought of it and because uh, <laughs> I believe in it. So uh, if you need any other investors, just let me know. All right, my man. Thanks, Jason. All right, thank you. All right.